Beyond the Palisade is a well-trodden yard. Ten damage. Desna's with right. us. With the light hammer, you end up crushing his esophagus. Moves over to Darden, the sculptor. Falls. And battle medicines, the sculptor. Yeah, go ahead and make a lore sex party check. Barn will join you for oh, drinks yeah, you shortly. Tell. pretty upset about this. I can't. who are you? He lost the party member. So I gotta go get drunk. That's alright, it seizes his attention. Mifflin, I think you're dealing uh, with your emotions. Question. Should we discuss the way a composite longbow works? Get out of here, Swanee. The big muscular dude with the crossbow? Yeah, yeah. We killed that guy. We need all six of them. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, adventurers and friends. Welcome to the MinMax Podcast Season 2, in which we play The Extinction Curse, the second full-length adventure path for Pathfinder 2nd Edition from Paizo. We cannot wait to get started on this adventure where the characters are circus performers. And the adventure is made all the better for having you, our friends, join us. And now, without further ado, on with the show! We open into a brightly lit red and white big top tent. A man in a red jacket stands in the middle of a circle of interesting characters. Clearly, this is a circus, and clearly, they are the performers. The man is Myron, he is the ringleader, and he is about to deliver a speech. Well, this is it, folks. We've worked very hard to come to where we are today. We are here to entertain this crowd. Thieves people of Aberton have been getting beat down. Their crops are not yielding as they used to. The rains and the storms are more vicious. They need something to take their mind off of life and how hard it is. That is where you come in. Myron is the ringleader of the Circus of Wayward Wonders. He's brought you all here in one way or the other. Some of you coming from other circuses, looking to try new management. Others are here because they like the idea of the sound of an adventure. And what's more adventurous than running away and joining the circus? So tell me what you would be doing to prep for the show and just make it so that you're doing it together. Are we in the show? Are we like, are we actually the show or I mean, like, where are we at at this point? Well, Myron doesn't really like giving out the show order. He would rather keep all of the performers on their toes going into it because he feels like, like a terrible management idea. Sounds like terrible management style. So realistic. So, yeah, exactly, right? That shit happens in everyday life. Great guy, just bad planner, right? Everybody who has a trick, and in this case is basically everybody but Savatri, right? Yes. I mean, I have a trick, but not for the big show. What's your trick? Well, you, you, you have a trick? You've been a non-performer. Yeah, he's... I'm a, I'm a non-performer, though. Yeah. So you'll be medic during the show. You're a non-performer. Yes, I'm the medic during the show, so I don't do shit. I'm going to be preparing my healer's tools into my bandolier. Well, I would say that Kestrel would be drinking and limbering up. Uh, uh, Myron, Myron. Yes, yes, Moonlight. I, I wanted to talk about my act again. Oh, are you concerned? Yes, I, I, I think it needs something more. Well, what do you think it needs? I don't know, just something, something bigger, flashier. I've seen it. Plenty! Hundreds of times, Moonlight. It will be fine. It will be a very 
very pleasurable performance. I just know it. Okay. Thank, thank you, Myron. He goes to, like, pat you on the head, but he kind of has to wiggle his arms, like, through the branches and to, to pat you. He gets a splinter. I really have to stop doing that. And he walks over. So, he sorry. walks over. <laughs> it's, a, it's okay, Moonlight. It's okay. He walks over to the elven man. Kestrel, how much have you had to drink this morning? Enough, sir. We'll have a few more before the show. <laughs> Indubitably, my friend. <laughs> he kind of he, cla he claps Kestrel in the back and <laughs> he leans over to Savatri and just make sure he doesn't hurt himself. I'll I'll take care of him. Thank you. And uh, finally, he uh, kind of walks over to uh, the dwarf and uh, he goes, Ah, Jeb, is Turtle ready for the performance today? Oh, you know it. Myron reaches down to pet Turtle. How does he Turtle snaps. react? Ah, who? Oh, hmm, hmm. He doesn't like me very much yet, does he? He doesn't like many people. Okay, well, I guess that's why you handle Turtle, yes. <laughs> does it smell like buttered popcorn? <laughs> I was looking up stuff about tigers and one fact number 13, tiger urine smells like buttered popcorn. <laughs> They fit in perfectly at the circus. Oh, God. This is this is how we attract people to buy popcorn. We just spread turtles' urine in a trail, leading from the bleachers, the stands, over to the popcorn vendor. Oh, that's that smells fantastic. Oh, that smells amazing. Let's go get some. Go get some popcorn. Good boy, turtle. Way to pee. <laughs> never gonna be able to eat popcorn again. No disturbing. <laughs> well, never. Next time I go to the movie theater, I'm just like. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Say it oh, really loud for everybody here. For everybody else, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I just want—I wanted to get that interaction. Everybody interact with Myron. This is the day of the show. And like our first show. Our first, first show. show. I feel as though we have not made that clear. This is the Circus of Wayward Wonders first show. Yeah. In fact. Hence hmm. Moonlight's nervousness. Exactly. She's done the act a lot, but never like in front of a large crowd. <laughs> Myron's kind of go going around and checking in, and touching base with all the performers, making sure everybody's comfortable. You see him going around, like he goes and you see him talking to the dwarfs, the the, and he's got a hand on his hip and he's gesturing and he's making this levered motion with his arm, and like yeah, something like like uh, trebuchet instead of the. The ballista, the trebuchets are really popular now. I just remembered now that it's trebuchet. Is it really? Yeah. yeah is it? Is it, it really? seems French. And yeah, it looks all French. Awful French. Well, that's <laughs> the, the thing is, it's like somebody, somebody like had said that they went to Europe and not, going you know to what, Europe doesn't mean shit. Going to no, France no, 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 is no, what like, is what means something. They were. He said that he met somebody in a cafe and they were talking about trebuchet, and a French guy corrected him and said he's trebuchet. I'd say no. fuck off, French. <laughs> that guy's that guy's fucking with him. Hold on. I was gonna say the French yeah, guy could control him too. No, no, he was right. It is trebuchet. 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 That's literally what it sounds like when I'm listening to it here. Trebuchet. <laughs> the things um, you learn. So now you guys are all kind of together. Um, do you want to make the assumption that you're all kind of like are friendly with each other? Absolutely. Uh, like, like I would a little, assume so. 
group of friends in the circus, right? Um, you guys are all preparing individually for the circus tonight. Let's have a conversation. I am ready for the circus tonight. <laughs> I am excited for my first performance in front of an audience. It will be quite wondrous. How, how can you be so confident? We, we've never done it in front of this many people before. I feel as though we must have had this conversation in the past, but I'm not sure if I can remember it. Are you able to drink, Moonlight? Yes. That is how. Have some. And I hand my tankard over to Moonlight. Mo I mean, Moonlight would take it and take a drink. Are we going to have a conversation about? We're going to have a conversation about the, physi the physiology of how <laughs> leshies work and can they get drunk? I have no idea. Uh, does Does Moonlight just kind of like that much? <laughs> They just stick their hand into the tankard and just absorb it like with yeah, just absorb it with roots. <laughs> like, like here, let me have a drink. Yes. Okay, unless you dips its hand in your tankard. Exactly, I love this. <laughs> I have no idea so how it affects it. About that. Just, oh, just picture for me, real quick. Uh, you you looking to get somebody involved in a, in a uh, conversation? You're like, here, try my drink, and just okay, hand, hand in the cup. Yeah. But it's a tree really person. Good. It's obvious, of course. I know. It's a tree know. person. And Kestrel just like takes the mug bag after, and then just kind of looks in and goes, eh. Kind of yeah. shrugs shoulders and yeah, it's fine. Gives it back. Another drink. <laughs> Tastes a little more woody now. It's got a yeah. nice oak acid. It's got, it got an earthiness to it. That's a sun. It's very good. Yeah, I really have no idea how that would affect Aleshi. A couple of hours pass. Suddenly, the sun starts to set. It's Suddenly, the sun starts to set. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what do you guys it want came to out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I did uh, not expect that shit. Just the way you I'm just making fun of how you said this. Suddenly, the sun starts to set. <laughs> what time is it? It's only 1 p.m. This is very sudden. Oh, my goodness. There must be something wrong. Must be some sort of extinction curse. <laughs> dun dun dun! The Circus of Wayward Wonders performs in an enormous tent, capable of holding hundreds of people. And that's a good thing. It seems the entire population of Aberton has turned out for the show. Many of the town's most prominent citizens, including the mayor, are among the throng jostling for seats. Peering at the three rings that fill the center of the tent and waiting excitedly for the show to begin. As the lights go down and the audience settles onto their seats, the circus's performers take their places backstage, awaiting their cues. Circus of Wayward Wonders There's 
so much you can do Just a copper or two In the circus of wayward wonders When your life's got you down There's no fun to be found And it seems that the world is rotten Turn to us for a lift Entertainment's our gift All your worries will be forgotten Now you're here, stay a while Let us bring you a smile The circus of wayward wonders What you learn is to say Just to show you the way To the circus of wayward wonders We have acts of intrigue Things you're scarce to believe The circus of wayward wonders But I swear it's all real And our price is a steal The circus of wayward wonders When your life's got you down There's no fun to be found And it seems that the world is rotten Turn to us for a lift Entertainment's our gift All your worries will be forgotten This is Minmax Presents The Circus of Wayward Wonders The Circus of Wayward Wonders Suddenly, several of the performers closest to the curtain that separates the three rings from the rest of the tent leave their assignments, gathering in a small crowd to exchange frightened whispers and hushed gasps. <sighs> Amid the group, his body contorted as if forever in the throes of terrible pain is the corpse of Ringmaster Myron Thunder Stendhal. Everyone in the circus knew Myron for his amazing, powerful voice that could bring instant silence to the largest crowd and he knew everything there is to know about putting on a successful performance now he's dead but the crowd is still out there and they are expecting a show okay even if the synopsis didn't say that he died like immediately everybody knows he was gonna die immediately. <laughs> everybody knew he was gonna <laughs> die immediately did you say his middle name was thunder it's his nickname. Hmm. Wait, who fucked that? Wait, who the died? guy that gave us the pep talk, the hype man. Well, how the hype did man die? died. We don't know how he died. We don't know, know. he Thought like he had a heart attack, like introducing us or something. <laughs> so this is like five minutes before the show, or yeah, we're talking minutes before. Holy the show shit! Now. Kestrel runs over to the group, and when he sees that Myron's on the ground, he'll quick do a medicine check to see if Myron's really dead. The Savatra okay. will do that too. Savatri, we must take a look at him. Kestrel gets a 10. Solid, guys. 
Sabatri rolls her first one. <laughs> Good way to start the campaign, man. He's definitely uh, alive, guys. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Kestrel, you can tell that Myron is, in fact, very likely dead. Shit. Um, Real quick, I say a prayer to Caden Kalian for his safe passage, and I and I reach out and I, I close his eyes with my hand. As the other performers stare at the corpse, whisper to each other, and anxiously peer around the curtain, the professor, a thin, frail veteran of the circus, looks up. Well, what are you all standing around for? He asks, his weak voice barely audible in the hushed silence. Have you seen that crowd? We haven't ever had the tent packed this full. There's a show to put on, and we have to find a way to do it. So finish your makeup, get into your costumes, and send in the clowns. <laughs> Very good. I'm going to show you guys uh, the professor here. Does he have two massive hickeys on his neck? Oh my god, he does. What the fuck is that shit? Okay, there aren't, they aren't hickeys. You guys would have known this, but since we're, we're, we're live here and you guys were talking about the professor having hickeys, uh, those are actually burn scars. Now I feel burn like... scars. Wow, yeah. I'm an asshole. Yeah, way to go, dick. No, they're hickeys. So the professor actually was formerly a juggler and a fire eater. Ah. So, yes, those are not hickeys. Those are burns. Okay. All of the other performers, people that the party are, you know, familiar with, have gotten familiar with over the last couple of over the last couple of seasons here preparing for the first uh, circus show. Axel, who's never actually been Myra never agreed to bring him on. He always told him in public that Oh, I don't believe your dedication. I don't think you're ready for it. And in private, he would tell all the other performers he was testing them to see his dedication. Axel stuck around, but Axel is shaken. All the dwarven throwers are like hugging each other, and they look like they're making this big giant ball as they all huddle and hunch over each other. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, there's a couple of other ones uh, that are here too, but everybody just looks like stunned to inaction. And the professor sends out the clowns, and uh, this big, dopey-looking clown with just sad, pastel-looking makeup with this big club comes out, and he goes, Do you want me to go out like this? And another clown, this little tiny scrawny thing goes, Come on, Peach Pie, we gotta go! They go out and the lights go up and the clowns start doing their act. I don't know what kind of clown acts they would be doing. They smash things with hammers. Fruit goes flying into the audience. Balloons. People laugh. While the clowns are Some distracting uh, the crowd here, the professor walks up uh, to Savatri and goes, Savatru, we must get the performances figured out. Myron never told us who was doing what. We need to split up the performances and decide who's the opening act. Okay. Who the fuck is the opening act? Me! You are? Is the, opening, like, this? the opening we... supposed to be like not that great, right? <laughs> 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 Who are our acts, Tyler? 
All right, so yeah, this leads me pretty well and into the next portion here. And uh, Patrick Rennie actually uh, wrote the section of this book for Life in the Circus. Uh, and that's a pretty decent chunk of the book, actually. Uh, Life in the Circus details, circus basics, how to run the circus, preparing for the show, putting on a show. There's a lot of downtime rules. But right now, we're just going to get nuts and bolts the show. So running the circus, you're actually split down into four different acts. There's the opening act, which is there's one performance during the opening act. It's but one it's not the clowns. Not the clowns. The clowns are just there to distract. We'll, just, we'll get okay. to the send in the clowns action later. Okay. Because um, that is an action. and We'll cover that here in a sec. The opening act is one performer. The build-up has two performers performing simultaneously, one in each ring. The third act is the big number, and that's one performance or one trick. And then finally, we go into the finale, which all three circus rings are filled, and we have three tricks going on simultaneously. There are six NPC acts that are already in the book. And I'm going to go over those real quick with you guys. There's the Dwarven Throwers, and it's a group of dwarves who they like shape themselves into living ballista and launch themselves through the air. There is Elysia and Mr. Tickles. Elysia is a uh, an animal tamer, and she handles deadly vipers of many kinds and dances with a 16-foot-long anaconda called Mr. Tickles. What? Yeah. Anaconda dope. Ah! <laughs> I'm 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 calling it Elysia Jeb affair. Then we have Axel, and uh, Axel's act is called Axel's Amazing Aviary. Axel has never actually performed in front of a crowd before, um, but he produces birds from underneath his cloak. They fly, they sing, they deliver sweets to children in the audience. The Flamboni sisters, but you see feats of juggling from two brave sisters. Can they juggle fire? Will they set themselves on fire? Then we have the Featherfall Five, is a family, the Kambali family. Balances on tight ropes with bounces and flips and aerial feats to the light. And finally is Mordain the Magician. Acts of illusion prepared, not with magic. See Mordain escape from shackles, locks, and a water-filled tank. Fuck, that sounds like it should be our main act. So, uh, you guys go ahead. While the clowns are distracting, you have to decide who is going to be the opening number. And the professor will kind of look around at some of the performers. Some of these folks may need some encouraging to go on after this. But the show must, in fact, go on. You're very confident in yourself. Maybe you should go first. Why, thank you, Moonlight. That's quite kind of you, and also quite accurate. <laughs> if I should say so myself, I would be most pleased and honored to be the first act of the Circus of Wayward Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, the, so okay. Okay. Kestrel, then you're the opening act, then. 
Who will be the build-up acts? How many do you say we need two? Two build-up acts. So two at the same time. Correct. Ah, you gotta no, get let me the tell you guys and snake out there. So let me tell you guys something. Here, put the two, uh, two animals, yeah, the two animal acts. I like that. I agree. I agree with that. Is it Elysia or Elysia? What do you guys like? You better? decide, bud. Elysia. No. <laughs> I think Elysia is easier to say than Elysia, but Elysia. Let's call her Ellie. Ellie. We just call it's her Ellie. Liz. So then Ellie and Jeb. Yeah. Jebediah and Elysia. Mr. Tickles and Turtle. Ellie. Yeah, okay. So the animal acts for the build-up. Good call, good call. And at that moment, uh, a stunning blonde woman, petite, slender, comes up and she kind of has her nose in the air a little bit. And she just goes, Professor, I'm so sorry about Myron. But I must insist I should be your big number. This who is bitch. this? Who is this blonde woman? This is Mordane. I'm, saying, I'm assuming that's Mordane. Oh shit! That, that's who I thought should be the big number anyway. That sounded the most interesting. Uh, he he kind of looks over at Mordane. And says, I know you and Myron didn't always agree with his orderings. I will leave it to Savatri and her companions to make this decision. M- Moonlight's act is also is also probably an act that doesn't really work well with others, but doesn't mean that Moonlight even needs to go on tonight. Mordain kind of looks down looks down at Moonlight and just goes, I don't even think you're ready yet. Well, that's a little rude. That's yeah, a big move. Myron thought I was ready. And and Professor, the Professor looks over at Mordain. Mordain, that was very uncalled for. I understand that you are stressed, but you need to go. Go talk to Hob and take a deep breath. And she (laughs) harumphs and stalks away. Who's Hob? Her assistant. Ah, I'm cool with Mordain being the main act, but I'd I'd probably try and like console Moonlight. Be like, it's okay, Moonlight. Do not worry. It'll be fine. Moonlight's probably like relieved. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit of both, like some disappointment that she's practiced all this time and she's not sure she's going to get to do it, but at the same time, like not 100% sure she was ready. What What is Moonlight's act? Why is it that it wouldn't work as well with other people? So, I mean, it requires a lot of very dark to start with, and it's, I mean, it's a dance performance, so it doesn't just doesn't lend itself to other things going on while while they are while they're dancing. Well, how about this? Kestrel will go up to Moonlight and say, "What about it, Moonlight? Would you like to be the opening act?" I I, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'd like to see you do it first. All right. Well, we'll work you up to it. It's it'll be just fine, Moonlight. Don't worry. Have another drink. Dip. <laughs> Moonlight sticks their fingers in some more in in his tankard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we should send somebody to go tell Mord- Mordain that she can be the main act. And then we just have to figure out what are going to be the finale. Three finale acts. We got fire jugglers. We got, like, trapeze artists. And we got the, the flying dwarves. I say those three. Yeah, I agree. Fuck the bird, dude. 
Fuck the no bird, one dude. Like, we, no one likes birds. Like, <laughs> we're gonna, come on. We're, we'll leave we've the bird. We've already got two animal ones. We've already got but two But he delivers things. treats to the children. Looks like he's got a bunch yeah. of fucking pigeons or something. I don't know what birds are. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the druid. White bird. I say we go with the dwarven throwers and the falling feather fall, the feather fall five and the flamboni sisters. Those three for our finale. I just like the name flamboni. Me too. <laughs> or is it flame bony? Because they juggle fire. No, it's got to be flame bony. Flame bony. For sure. Yeah. Are they okay. in agreement? Do, does everybody agree? Do do these NPCs agree with us? Well, you guys are gonna have to go around and kind of talk to everybody. Um. So the first, what's the first NPC act that you want to have happen? The first NPC act would be me and Eli. Yeah. Eli. Jebba and Elizia. Ellie with um Jeb. If you guys look around, you actually don't see a, 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 a Ellie around anywhere. I'll go hunt her down. Well, yeah, okay, Jeb, you go. You go to find her. You know where survival she's check. You don't need to track her down. <laughs> you know generally where she's at uh, before a show, uh, and you actually find her uh, just outside the tent in the back, with Mister Tickles actually kind of curled around her and almost Shh. like drooping over her and looks really lethargic and she's petting him and she looks anxious she hears you coming and she looks up and she goes Jeb something's wrong with Mr. Tickles fuck I tend to Mr. Tickles he won't eat he won't drink can I sense what's wrong with him yeah you can go ahead and give me a it's up to you medicine or nature nature 24 what's wrong with this snake so Jeb kind of like leans down to Mr. Tickles and kind of slowly moves his hands across Mr. Tickles' scales, opens up his mouth a little bit and looks at the color of the inside of the mouth, closes it. You think about it, and this snake has goblin pox. Not goblin pox. Anything but that. Uh, actually, luckily enough, uh, goblin pox isn't lethal. Mr. Tickle's in no real danger, and he'll likely recover in a few days. Nope. Not acceptable. We're going to heal okay, him today. Is he okay, Jeb? He's Is he going to be okay? The Kung Flu. The, the Kung Flu? No, I tell her she's got goblin pox, <laughs> and, you know, it's easy fix. We just He just needs some rest. Oh, Is he going to be able to go on with me tonight? Do I think that? Goblin pox is a disease. You might be able to suppress the illness just enough to allow it to perform as planned. Um, but you would need a medicine check of some kind, or somebody that could perform a medicine check of some kind. Can I just heal him? It's a disease, because it's not, it's not actually, like, damage. I got just the person for it. I'll be right back. Oh, tell Savatri to hurry. How'd you know? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I explain the goblin pox to Savatri okay. and see if she'll help. If she's okay working on a snake. <laughs> no, I join Jebediah, though. I want to go save Mr. Pickles. Oh, Savatri, thank you so much for coming. I'm so worried about him. If you were to make a medicine check, you could attempt to suppress the disease. You spend at least go. eight hours caring for a diseased creature. Impromptu treat disease. If you get a good enough DC, you'll be able to suppress the illness just enough to allow it to perform. Is that actually a thing so far? In the book that I'm holding right now, it is. Yeah, that works. 
21 medicine. Solid. So you actually uh, reach into your pouch and you, in your healer's kit, you have something that you think will work on snakes. You're going to give it a try, but you, you mix up a little bit of a, this poultice and you have a, Ellie kind of open Mr. Tickle's mouth a little bit and you rub it inside and around. You let it sit and you think in the next five minutes, the nausea from the snake should be suppressed and should be okay to go on. Uh, Ellie looks at, uh, at Savatru and says, Oh, thank you so much. Am I going on tonight? Yeah, you'll be just fine. Or Mr. Tickles will be just fine. Oh, good, good. Which act am I in? You'll be joining me if that's okay. Oh, okay. Have fun. Savatru gives a little wink and walks away. <laughs> he knows. Um, his, she knows her cues to leave. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, Ellie is really, really like doting on Mr. Tickles right now. So you guys have the opening act, the build-up. Who's doing the big number? The magician. Mordain? Yeah, who's going to go tell uh, Mordain that she's up? Well, she's up last. Ah, big numbers in the third No, act. she's the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's what she was. The grand finale. Grand finale is three more acts. Or tricks. Three tricks. Which was the dwarven throwers, the flamboni sisters, and the feather fall five. Sinatra will go tell Mordain. Is you got to go back, uh, Hod, Mordain's assistant, he's, he's, a, he's a small, wry man. He's not flamboyant or anything. He's, you know, he kind of sits and, you know, human? rings his... Uh, yeah, he's a hunched over human. And he kind of rings his hands together a little bit and just goes, Oh, uh, have you come to let the mistress know that she will be in the big number? Yes? And he kind of like hold hold his hands together and slowly looks pleadingly at you. Yes, yes. I oh, am. oh, of thank course. She, she's the most talented one here. Oh, I, I keep do. telling everybody that, but I'll I'll tell her you said as much right away. And he goes over to her and I hate her now. I was to say, does that take a deception? Because I'm fucking lying. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this bitch. Uh, he'll he'll eat it up even if you roll the one. I um, kind of assume so. Uh, and she she's kind of like pops up. She was like all of like four feet away, like like at, pretending that she couldn't hear you. She stands up gracefully, slowly, and walks over to Savatri and goes, "I knew you'd make the right decision, Savatri. Thank you." And she glides past. Just walk away. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> I hate this bitch. I don't even know her, and I hate her. <laughs> Uh, she has a reputation for being very e- egotistical. Uh, she's definitely the diva in the circus troupe. Next, you guys have the, what is it, the Dwarven Throwers? Yeah, the final act is the Dwarven Throwers, the Flamboni Sisters, and the Featherfall Five. Got it, got it. The Dwarven Throwers are all nearby the curtains, still kind of huddled into their ball. How many of them are there? It's hard to tell, actually, how many there are. They're always constantly moving together, and they're making adjustments and latching in and hooking into each other. So it's it's almost it's almost difficult to tell how many there are at any given time. Like every time you think you've got it nailed down, like all right, I see five of them. A sixth one pops out from somewhere. I like and you- I like this. That is very good. They're still nearby Myron's body, and like I said, they've all kind of like brought themselves into this big ball together, and it's like you know shuddering and heaving as they're all. <sighs> So while Savatri is talking to resting bitch face, I will go 
<laughs> I, I will go talk to the dwarven throwers. As you kind of approach them, uh, one one head kind of pops out of the pile and addresses you. I moonlight. Do we, do we know names of these people, or are no. they just, they're just... No, you don't know any of the Dwarven Throwers' names, actually. You rarely get names from the Dwarven Throwers, and anytime you do get a name from a Dwarven Thrower, it's random, and if you were to take all the names you've heard, there might be like 23 names that you've heard. So I like these guys. <laughs> do you do you guys think you could do your act tonight, even, even after this? Oi, I don't know. I don't know. Let me check with the pile. And he kind of puts his head down, and you hear like this low rumble. Go ahead, make a diplomacy check for me if you could. And like, w- while they're doing that, Moonlight would just be like, y- you know, for 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 Myron. And I get a fifteen on my diplomacy check. And suddenly, the the whole pile goes still. And a handful of heads, you're not entirely certain how many, kind of pop up out of the pile and all together, like a surround sound. I, Myron! And then, they all kind of pop out and start coming out of this this ball form all one at a time, doing backflips and tight tucks. Um, And before you know it, they're arranged into this tight formation where they're zigzagging in with each other and kind of look like they're ready to roll out. Great, uh, you guys will be in the fourth act. And again, in unison, a resounding, I. Thank you. Let's see, then we've got the Flamboni sisters, right? The Flamboni sisters are a stoic pair. They're sitting on a set of crates, uh, just kind of next to each other. One, one sister has her arm around the other, and they're just kind of looking down. They're still holding their juggling clubs. And there just looks like they're having a moment of silence. They look like they're going to be good to go, or nah? Who's looking? Perception checks from somebody that's nearby? It'd be probably Moonlight, uh, Kestrel, Savatri, and Jeb are taking care of the sneak. I, I roll a nat 20 and get a 25 on my perception. That's fantastic. Moonlight gets a uh, 9. Moonlight, you're having a hard time, like, reading people? Kestrel, on the other hand, you know this, the Flamboni sisters type. They'll take it in stride, and they'll be ready to go when it comes time. You don't think you necessarily have to do anything with them. Maybe just give them a moment to gather themselves. I do that. I leave them be, but I know they're ready for it. All right. Then that leaves us with... Featherfall 5. Ah, the Featherfall 5. Featherfall 5 are a family of uh, acrobats, and... Totally not the Jackson 5. It's the Featherfall 5. Featherfall 5, thank you very much. The uh, They all wear white leotards. The Kambali family is nearby, and they look a little remorseful, right? They don't have any, like, children children in the act. Uh, they have maybe, like, a, you know, a 13 or a 14-year-old is the, the smallest they have. They, uh, they are all kind of all praying silently together. You also think that there's a good chance that they will also be ready. I'll let, I'll let Kestrel's net 20 on that sense motive from the previous one carry over from the Flamboni sisters. Sure. Um, I go ask them, everything all right, friends? Uh, the father, Albert Kembali, looks up at you. We're good, Kestrel. Thank you. Very good, very good, my friends. It's a hard time, but we're going to put on the show. 
May Desna be with us this evening. And Caden Kalian. And hope that the audience is really drunk. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> so the tricks themselves or each act is done as though it's one turn in encounter mode. Performing a trick is an action and it's kind of treated like attacks in the sense that if you perform a trick twice, the second time that you take the perform a trick action, it will be at a minus five unless your trick has the agile trait. Then it's at a minus four. If you perform a trick for the third time, minus 10 or minus eight if it's agile. The actual success of the circus is dependent on two things, anticipation and excitement. Your crowd's anticipation has a value and your excitement value goes up every time you successfully perform a trick. Sometimes if you, if you critically succeed performing a trick, it goes up a little bit more. If the PCs generate more excitement than anticipation, the show is a success. If they generate less excitement than anticipation, the show is a failure. A critically successful show is much more difficult to achieve than other critical successes in Pathfinder. In order to put on a critically successful show, the PCs must generate exactly as much excitement as anticipation. Now I'm gonna let you guys know here, uh, Myron did a lot of legwork leading up to this show. The show is at maximum anticipation currently. The circus has a prestige of one, and this performance has an anticipation of 15. So we'll get into that depending on how well you guys do. But there's a couple of other actions available to you while you're in the act or in a turn. Uh, there is the action called Send in the Clowns. And if you or another performer in that act has failed or critically failed a trick check, you give the signal for the clowns, uh, the circus's clown troop to come on stage and rescue a botched trick. A failed tricks becomes a success instead, or if it was a critical failure, it instead is a failure. The clowns can only be sent in once per act and only one trick check is affected. The other action that's available to you, more specifically, this is a reaction that's available to you, called Co-Star. Now, the Co-Star reaction has a trigger that is another performer in the same act as you is about to attempt a trick check. The performer has to be, of course, willing to accept your aid, but you help another performer in the act pull off their trick, possibly granting them a bonus to the triggering trick check. So you're going to attempt a check that's the same as the trick that you're aiding. So if somebody's like, for example, if uh, Jeb decides that he wants to aid Elysia, he would make a nature check because that's the check of Elysia's trick. And you could give her a bonus on whether or not she succeeds. So, of course, the co-star reaction doesn't really work for the opening act or the big number. Now, there's a couple of the party members who are not involved directly in the shows and in the performances. In this case, we've got a couple of non-performer roles that are going to happen. 
who are Savatri and Moonlight, choose their non-performer roles. Savatri will be the medic, uh, so if anybody critically fails and is going to be injured, or if the trick they're trying to complete as the injury trait, it prevents them from being injured. There are some of these tricks do have the injury trait, and if they do end up getting injured, uh, then they're actually out for the next performance, likely. We'll get into the rules for that if and when we run across it, but for right now, let's hope nobody gets hurt. What about Moonlight? Have you made your decision on your non-performer role? I'm actually looking at Carnival Barker. It's kind of a little weird, but... Uh, then, guys, cue the circus music. Woo! The professor goes over to Kestrel. I think the clowns have done all that they can do. Kestrel, I am ready to do my trick. Kestrel goes out into the audience, carrying a large tankard of ale. It's empty, and he does a little bit of an act, as though he is looking to try and find somebody to fill his tankard. The music changes, signaling that a new act is about to start. Kestrel continues to kind of wander around and look for somebody to fill his ale. He wanders into the middle of the ring, in fact, where all the performers are supposed to go. At this point, onlookers probably aren't sure that he actually is the next act. A couple of the circus performers come over and try and tell him that he needs to go back to his seat, but he feigns ignorance and just says, I'm just looking for another drink. They try and take hold of him, but he slips out of their grasp and rolls backwards. As he does so, he lands up against a large, tall pole. He starts to climb the pole as the guards chase after him. Climbing the pole, he does a bunch of tricks. Think of like a pole dancer. Elegant. And as he climbs the pole, he sometimes slides back down drunkenly, you know, feigning drunken, or is he feigning drunken? Maybe he's really drunk, maybe he's not, who knows? And as he does so, the guards try to grab him and he shoots back up and he slides back down. They try to grab him and he shoots back up. And then as he gets to the top, he sees at the top of the pole is another tankard of ale hanging from the ceiling magically. Not really magically, it's hanging by a rope. It was put there on purpose because this is the act. He reaches out for the tanker. Circus magic. He reaches out for the tankard, but he falls off of the pole. But what's this? He lands on a slack rope and bounces back up and lands on a tightrope. That's right. This is not only a pole dancing act, it is also a slack line act and a tightrope act. All three in one. The crowd realizes that it's not just some drunkard from the audience and that this is, oh my God, this is the act. Exactly. I want uh, Kestrel to make his trick check. So acrobatics. Acrobatics. Here it comes. I'm holding on to that hero point just in case. Hey, that ain't too bad. I get a 23 for my acrobatics check. All right. That is a success. Excellent. And basically, he bounces from the tightrope to the slackline to the pole to the slackline to the tightrope. And he does like flips and shit in between and spins. That's That's what happens. All right. All right. Now, to let you know, actually, like, doing the trick check is one action. Your act has three actions. So you have two actions remaining. You would generate more excitement if you made a successful check. But I get a negative five on this check. Uh, except for doesn't your trick have the agile trait? I'm sure it does, because it is an acrobatics check, which I would assume is agility-based, which is agility-based. Well, you get to, if anybody at home gets to play the adventure path at the beginning, there's tons of traits that tricks have, uh, but the players have access to four traits to assign to their tricks. 
the animal trait, the fire trait, the water trait, and the agile trait. It would make sense that, yes, this has the agile trait. So, so it's a negative four. It'd be a negative four. Yeah, so do I? does Kestrel have any kind of idea what the, what the DC on this check is? Um, I don't want to keep you guys entirely in the dark on this one. This is a DC 15. So to get a DC 15 at a negative four, I need to roll an 11. Now, if you just fail... There's that nothing really happens, right? Yeah, if you fail, there's no effect. Nothing up, nothing down. Okay, so that's what I'll do then. I'll, I'll make at least one more athletics to check to see if I can hit that 15. Here it comes. Try and go through a real big flip. Ha <laughs> ha! Except I roll a one, so that'd be a critical failure. We're gonna critical. launch out that uh, that hero point, and yeah. uh, okay, and and re-roll that. Ooh, I roll an 18 and get a total of, well, I forgot to give my negative four, but it would still be well over a 15. So yeah. it'd be a 21. A 21 is a success. And I am not trying for that third that third success. I'm, I'm letting that go. The crowd gasps as it looks like Kestrel is doing flips in the air, and it looks like he's going to land on his feet on the slack line, but he misses it and hooks it with his elbow and bounces back up onto his feet and everybody applauds. And finally, as the grand finale of the trick, he gets up onto the tightrope and he lines himself up and he gets ready and he leaps and he grabs the tankard of ale from the rope and he slides down the pole upside down, drinking it and spilling it all over himself. And then finally, he is caught by the guards and hauled away doing a little bow as he's being dragged bodily away from the uh, from the circus ring. And the crowd is just, they're, they're loving it. They're eating it up. So two successes in the opening act is going to generate. I think it's just two excitement. I think it's just two excitement as well. All right. Then uh, the music changes as two of the rings light up. We are now leading over into the build-up. We have Jebediah Hickburn and Turtle. woo And then Eliza and Mr. Tickles. I don't know. People are expecting, like, a turtle and, like, another clown. But really, it's a <laughs> snake and a tiger. And a tiger. So now we have uh, two tricks that we're going to be performing here. Our first trick is a balancing act of the two, and Turtle will jump up on Jeb's shoulders on two feet and just walk around all badass and roaring. Nice. All right, all right. Uh, The crowd is startled and ooh, ah. Go ahead and Give me, what's your trick check on this one? I mean, nature athletics, I guess. Doesn't really matter. I mean, you only get one, so. We'll do nature. Turtle falls, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, turtle doesn't, you get a 14. Uh, no, turtle doesn't fall off of your shoulders, but you guys sway back and forth a bunch. See, it's not, you're not failing this one, but you're not looking very elegant right now as you kind of teeter a bunch. I want uh, Savatri and Moonlight to give me perception checks. Uh, Moonlight gets a 20 on perception. Moonlight, you see in the crowd, like as 
as Turtle kind of gets up on Jeb's shoulders. In the crowd, you uh, hear some people in the back uh, kind of like walking through, and they're not with the circus, uh, but they're walking through the crowd going, Two gold, the tiger eats the dwarf. I'll take that bet. Dude, I'll take that bet. (laughs) Like, oh, the snake's gonna eat a kid. I'll put five gold on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh... There's there's a bunch of uh, there's there's a couple of like ruffians in the back who, who are like taking bets on the circus members like having harm come to them. So like, does it look like people around them do not appreciate this? Or it does look like people are like be, people are uncomfortable. People around them are immediately uncomfortable. Okay. What as I know since I noticed it, what can I do? What can we do about it? Uh, you have some options. You can attempt to, like, chase the ruffians off. You can try to, like, make a request that they leave. You can go while Jeb's up there. I mean, it's a, it's a big tent. If you went around while Jeb was doing his trick to, like, get them to try to convince them to leave, you could certainly do that. I will absolutely do that. I'm assuming I didn't see them with a 13 perception. No, but you do see moonlight go walk off towards the crowd along the edges of the of the tent. Since I'll Kestrel's act is over, would he be able to see that possibly? Yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll give you a perception check on that. Sure. I get a 23. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll, go, I'll follow Savatri then. So all three of you are kind of going around there? Yeah. I want Jeb... You have two actions left. I'll attempt a second trick. Okay. Now it's going to be at a minus five on this. And uh, we'll use... Oh, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Um, Because his check is nature and he has the animal trait, he gets a plus one. Oh, that's true. He does. Forgot about that. Which turns his 14 into a 15. It would have been a success. You're right. Huzzah! Circus Rewind. Rules uh, Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, Rules <laughs> Lawyer. Swanee's um, never helped me in these before. <laughs> this is strange. So then, yes, now if you go into this next trick, instead of stumbling around before, uh, Turtle is menacing and roaring at the crowd, and they're ooing and they're eyeing. For the second trick, we will attempt the fire ring. You're doing the fire ring? Yeah. <laughs> but it's not real fire. They don't need to know that, though. <laughs> Are you worried that Turtle will get her, his... Hell yeah, I'm not going to let her fur get burned. <laughs> That's why we're the good circus, dude. <laughs> right, right. And then, so yeah, I'll try another nature check here. Okay. And I'll... We'll just get rid of these action points, eh? Hey! 20! All right. It actually would be at 15, because the second time... You oh, right. Five. So, but... Oh. Plus one. And you still need that plus one, so you would have got the 16 overall. The 16 nature check, Jeb is coaxing Turtle through the Ring of Fire, and it's a perfect jump. And you said I can assist my partner? I mean, my trick act? I mean, like Ellie? Yeah, you can do a co-star reaction during Ellie's performance. Will be my third one. Uh, it's, it's a reaction, actually. Okay, I'll just wait then. Yeah, I was going to say, you can pass that. So action. I throw my hands up and go towards Ellie. Um, in that time, during the ring 
as it was getting set up and Tiger was leaping through it. The other three, Savatri, Moonlight, Kestrel, uh, kind of go up to the to the hecklers. One of them kind of looks down at you and squints and says, What do you want? Moonlight will politely but sternly tell them it is time for them to leave. Can I make an intimidation check? Uh, you could do, yeah, either or. Diplomacy, intimidation. Uh, we'll roll it and see how this goes. Oh, okay. So, uh, Moonlight rolls a 25. So, Moonlight looks at them and more sternly than you've ever heard them before will say, Gentlemen, it is time for you to leave. Now. And unbeknownst to Moonlight, these, like, wreathing shadows that start like like coming up and these images be behind them uh, and the ruffians eyes go wide and they scramble out of the audience well done moonlight that is very well done not only uh, was it well handled it was so well handled that you gained one excitement from the crowd because they are just they're ecstatic that you scared them away and they loved the way that you scared them away so yeah in 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 response to kestrel's encouragement moonlight will say thank thank you kestrel and the crowd immediately around you all they begin clapping and just as jeb points over to elysia and mr tickles after the successful ring of fire jump Elysia begins doing this dance with Mr. Tickles. Uh, and Mr. Tickles is like curling around her body and she's going with little subtle flicks of her hand, almost like a, a belly dance of sorts, except for it's being accentuated uh, by flicks of the tail on the on Mr. Tickles. And she is going to make a trick check. What's her plus? Her plus is seven, and since she's not being intimidating at the moment, it's a, yeah, nature check. Plus seven. And this is where you can co-star if you want to. It's a reaction, so I can wait till she, I know the roll, right? It it works like aid. Oh, okay. I won't do it on her first one. It says, as you are about to attempt a trick. Yeah. I won't aid her yet. Does she get the plus one, or is that already calculated in? Uh, no, it's not already calculated, and she does get the plus one because it's the her, her act has the animal trait. So, Great job, Elysia. Uh, everybody is really ooh. This is uh, you know, this is a, a sultry snake dance uh, from, from a sixteen-foot anaconda. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mr. Tickles, and she starts getting closer to the edge of the ring and. Suddenly, Mr. Tickles, although is still wrapped around her, is extending foot by foot closer and closer to the audience and begins hissing and uh, intimidating the crowd around him. Elysia is going to make another check here, another trick check. And this one's going to be intimidation. So what, like plus three because of the minus? Minus five for her, so plus two. And then I'll aid on this one. So what's that give her? So you have to actually succeed a. It's still an yeah, animal. Yeah, you would. You would have no. You'd have to make an intimidation <laughs> check to co- to yeah, aid on this one. You have to make one. the intimidation check to aid on this trick. Nothing happens if I fail, right? Correct. 
as the intimidation the, uh... doesn't work. It actually scares the shit out of everybody. <laughs> this isn't a joke anymore. No, the uh, Eliza will actually fail her second trick check. You guys could send in the clowns right now. Um, yeah, I mean, and that would use her third action. Correct. I think that's what we need to do. Yeah. And so it turns a failure into a success. So then what's going to happen is, is Mr. Tickles is actually going to go out farther than he should have, and it's making Elysia go off balance. And she's about to fall over, and Mr. Tickles is getting closer to the ground. It's about to ruin the whole, the whole act. And all of a sudden, one of the clowns actually falls down from above the rafters and uh, has an invisible rope that it's using to kind of like pull, quote unquote, pull on Mr. Tickles to like make it look like the clown pulling the rope is making Elysia go off balance. Elysia goes and regains her balance at the, at the, after that, and Mr. Tickles kind of comes back and wraps around her, and she bows, making it look as though it's part of the act. And the crowd loves it. Okay, now we're going into the big number. The grand finale! This is, uh... No, 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 the big number. Oh, the big... Oh, that's right, the magician. This, this is Mordain the Diva. This is RBF. I want perception checks from everybody while the uh, Mordain's tank has to be taken out. And it's done in a dramatic fashion. Spotlight on the tank slowly rolls out into the center ring. Vatra rolls in a nat 20. It's a 26. Moonlight gets a 23. Kestrel rolls a nat 1 and doesn't notice anything. Kestrel's too drunk. Drinking. Not too drunk, just currently drinking. You can't see... You know, through a tankard when it's all the way up to your lips. Exactly. Uh, Savatri, as you're kind of looking, when when the uh, when Moonlight kind of rushed out or you know pushed out some of those, you know, people taking bets on on the animal handlers getting hurt by their animals or the animals hurting uh, the crowd. You notice, like under the bleachers, near that section is what looks like to be a couple of brightly colored, like bright yellow vipers under the bleachers. And there is a small child with a ball that's rolling in that direction and it's crawling under the bleachers right towards the vipers. Get the snake handler! <laughs> yeah, she near pry. Ellie? Uh, no, Ellie, actually, as soon as her act was over, she took uh, she took Mr. Tickles right back to her way. Wait, was this because... the magician chick? Is anybody in near me? No. I say, is he the only one that notices? Yes. No, nobody I'll take that me? back. Moonlight, you do notice this, too. I mean, I'll run at the, the snakes and try to kind of shoo them away with my whip. Well, we don't whip things here. <laughs> I'm not going to hit them. I'm going like, to try to, like, intimidate them or something. No, get the druid. <laughs> yeah, get the yeah. druid. Jeb, go take care of that. Alright, Jeb, you're gonna head over there and see what you can do about the vipers? It'll attempt a wild empathy check. Alright. So, Jeb, it's uh, on my charisma-based druid. Jeb, uh, you kind of go... You see, you see a need to get there quickly because of the child that's slowly crawling to its inevitable doom. So you kind of uh, cross over because the spotlight's on 
the tank rolling into place right now. So you can you you safely run across and like around one of the rings as opposed to around the edge of the tent to get to that section where the bleachers are. And you get down on your hands and knees and the vipers kind of, all three of them stick their head up and they turn to you and go ahead and give me your wild empathy check. Just a diplomacy roll. I got a 17 on the animal empathy. I'm gonna just run and save the kid. I'm gonna grab Mm. the kid. Can I make a can Kestrel make a perception check to see if he sees this all happening? Like uh, see Jeb going over there? I wanna say you got your perception check. I mean I also failed, but Sabatri told me. <laughs> That's true. Alright, yeah, I'll give it to you. Uh, you don't you don't need another check. You would have seen or you know, you're you're keen enough to know that you need to watch it what the other actors the other uh, performers are doing. So yes, go ahead. Okay. Um how far away from me would you say it is? Well, let's go ahead and bring up that good old big top map. The very northeastern bleachers. That's where the snakes are. So where would the rest of us be? You guys would be behind the curtain. Somewhere behind the curtain. I mean, because I'm doing Barker, I think I'm supposed to be out like in the crowd. I'm trying to draw people in. I should buy like, a door, maybe? I don't know. I'll let you take that one back, only because... The entire town, as much as they can fit into the tent is here. You can't already actually, there. Yeah, you can't fill any more seats right now. So if you want to change that, you can. Would you say I'm within 120 feet from these vipers? Easily. Can I cast my ray of frost at them? Can I enter combat? I mean, yeah, obviously. But maybe that'd be too obvious? I don't know. Make up your mind. I'm about to describe what happens with Jebediah's failed wild empathy check here. I'll, I'll I mean, do pyrotechnic instead, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I'll absolutely launch a ray of frost at him. Okay. So before you do that, why are we attacking the? F- I don't want to scare everyone. I mean, I'm gonna uh, wait for I'm gonna wait for Jeb to try and do his wild empathy, and then I'll see. I'm gonna let him did. bite me and be like ah, and then we'll walk off with him. I'm Jeb. <laughs> <laughs> Jeb, you made a deception check, not a diplomacy check. That's fine. Same stats. Oh, it is. Okay. Um, supposed to go, oh, shoot, and roll again, Jeb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? That's kind of what I was getting at. As Jebediah gets over there, uh, the snakes are looking at him, and for whatever stupid reason, the spot operator decides to move the spotlight over to where Jeb is and the vipers, and the vipers look directly into the light and then back down at Jeb, and they start, they, they're looking really aggressive, and the crowd that's immediately right there kind of parts away. And so some people stand up and part away, and there's some gasping <gasps> going on, and Jeb gets down and does this weird gesture with his fingers, like moving them back and forth, and the snake... I'm a Jedi snake's heads start bobbing in time with Jeb's finger movements and he directs them out of the tent the crowd thought that was part of the act you guys generate one excitement for that I'm a dream sweet now Savatri Mordain's tank is set up and Hob is out there with her Hob is very flamboyantly dressed bows to Mordain and Mordain stands up and she flares her arms out 
and she's just basking in the audience's attention. People are clapping for her. She's so elegant. Ooh, ah. And then they tear away the curtain around the tank to reveal it's filled with water. And Hob waddles up behind her and click, click, snaps some shackles on her. And then takes some chains and wraps them around her ankles. And then up and around the shackles. And then padlocks it all together. Hod just lifts her up right over her head. Suddenly you realize, holy crap, that guy's got a lot of strength for the little short guy that he is. And he walks up a uh, set of stairs that was placed next to the tank and gently places her in the water. And she elegantly drops into it. Now, for Mordain's trick, uh, Savatri, you would know this ahead of time, Mordain's trick does have the injury trait. Okay. So the first thing she is going to do is she is going to attempt to make a thievery check to escape her binds. She's going to get a plus seven on this. I'm rolling this, aren't I? You are. He gets a 20. Mordain, while she's in the water, her hair is like, you know, that thing that hair does in water. And you see those underwater videos with people with long, really nice hair. She kind of flicks flicks her head back and forth underwater so it makes this crazy wave as she's slowly sinking down in but if you have a keen eye you see that a little bobby pin is falling from her hair and she grabs it and starts picking at the locks uh she successfully picks the locks but unbeknownst to the audience because she's gonna make a show of it that was really fast so she's gonna make a second check And this one is going to be a fortitude save to hold her breath. She normally gets plus eight on the fortitude, but because it's the second attempt to the trick, she's only going to get a plus three on this roll. And she's going to get a 13. You see air bubbles violently are now leaving her mouth and her nose, and her eyes go wide, and so you you see it. It looks like she sucked water into her lungs. Savatra, you see that because you're watching this. Send in the clowns. We send in the clowns. Send in the clowns? Yeah. And we should also help her, right? <laughs> She's about <laughs> to die. <laughs> Let's distract the, fact, it's distract the crowd from the fact that she's drowning. <laughs> and then I'll go dive in and help her. You're going to dive in and help her? Do whatever I have to do to help her. Yeah. Sabatri kind of sees what's happening. She, she looks at uh, Peach Pie. And uh, he looks over and goes... Do you want me to break open the tank? And he just kind of slowly shuffles over and Blueberry's behind him and kind of pushes him in the butt and Peach Pie kind of stumbles with his big club around and he falls face first and the spotlight goes over to him and uh, Blueberry tries to help him up but Peach, Peach Peach Pie face is too big and the crowd's distracted for the moment. Savatri, you said you were going to run out and help her? Yeah. Okay. You run out there, and as you get out there, Hod... Now, the spotlight's not on you guys right now. It's it's on the clouds. Uh, Hod kind of puts his hand up, and he just goes, give, give her another chance. Give her another chance. And she is going to... I mean, she's already unlocked herself. So she's, she's going to uh, come up out of the water, and she's, like, coughing and hacking 
a little bit, but she's keeping it quiet. <laughs> the clowns, with their act, they their act abruptly stops as Peach Pie chases Blueberry, who had ended up standing on his uh, heels and pulling on his butt on his overalls to get him up, is chasing Blueberry out of the tent. And the spotlight goes back to Mordain, and she is sitting with an elegant posture with her her knees together and off to the side on top of the tank with one hand in the air, palm up, waving, doing the princess, the uh, us Midwesterners would know it as the uh, uh, county fair royalty wave. <laughs> yes. Back and forth. What, what is it? Wrist, wrist. Uh, elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist or something? Yeah, there we go. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. I don't know. If I try doing that, it looks really dumb. But anyways, <laughs> she's she's waving to the crowd, and they're like, oh, she got out. Yay! Yeah. Hey, Huzzah! Yay! That was another successful act. Yeah. By the that's skin gonna, of their teeth. By the skin of their teeth. So that's going to be uh, two successes in that one. As Mordain's tank is being rolled away, it's now time for the grand finale and the circus music begins to ramp up and Savatri, actually all four of you, because none of you were in any of the... Yeah, none of us are in this one. I want everybody to give me a perception check. Moonlight gets a 19. I think that's going to be the highest. Moonlight, you're killing it with the perception checks tonight. Moonlight, you see out in the crowd a pair of what are obviously... Uh, drunken audience members. You noticed them a little bit before. They were, they were the ones that were, like from across the the crowd, talking about receiving bets from the ruffians before, who were trying to take bets on uh, injuries within the circus. Uh, now they're currently loudly arguing about whether or not the shackles were even locked before she got into the tank. Mordain. And they're standing in they're they're standing up in their seats, and it looks like they're about ready to come to blows. Moonlight, would you point that out to the rest of us? Um, yeah, I'll point that out as I I head that direction. I follow. Savatri, I think we we could try to talk them down. I agree. Jeb, you coming? Yeah. What about what about Turtle? Is Turtle going with? Yeah, she should come with me. Turtle can help. All five of us. All right. All five of the party ne- goes. Never split the party. Never Squad split the party. <laughs> so you guys get get over there, and uh, you see some of the crowd members are like rolling their eyes, almost like you get an idea that like, oh, that, yeah, all right, here we go. These guys are going again. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not actually, a big town. They, I'm sure everybody knows who these people are. Right, right. They're actually, uh, it's it's a man and a woman. Uh, they're middle aged. Uh, they they're standing. Uh, other audience members nearby. Uh, are kind of like asking them to be quiet and now they're as you're approaching now they're both like turning not on each other but on the audience members around them rearing their fists back and threatening to threatening to start fisticuffs and you guys get there I think I'd, I don't know Ted if you want to join uh, maybe make a diplomacy check to try to get them to um, let's see. come along friends uh Let's get you another drink. Let's go outside. All right. Go ahead and make your diplomacy check. Can can Ted aid? Yeah. I will aid. Well, I, I, I fail. Definitely Ouch. not. 
Actually, it's a critical, it's a critical failure. failure. I get a minus one. Yeah, you do. This is why we don't aid. This is why we don't aid. Every <laughs> single time we try to aid, we critically fail. <laughs> moonlight saves, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> that's a 26 by Moonlight, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's a natural 19 for a total of a 20, well, with the minus one, not a 25. Uh, all right, all right. And I don't know if it makes a difference. I do have group impressions, so I can actually impre- um, make that check against two people at one time. No, because you have group impression. Nice. Yes. How fortuitous. It's not necessarily gonna matter that much. As soon as you come up and start talking to him about it, and like, oh, it's that little tree? You wanna have a fist fight? Well, come on at it. Come on at it. Give me, give me your fists. Hold, hold on now. You need to leave them alone. Oh, it's, it's a funny man. Well, you want to have a drink outside, or you want to get some fists, too? Ah! Oh, I'd, I'd like both. All right. Initiative. How about we go out? Oh. Roll, roll initiative. They're going to charge down the bleachers at you. Bleachers we plan on killing these guys? All for it. No, <laughs> just keep me alive, and I'll just do a bunch of a non-lethal. Or, I mean, <laughs> let me take them out, because I'll just non-lethal them. And the bleachers are filled enough that getting through a square that has bleachers would be greater difficult terrain. I'm more worried about cones and lines. Oh, there's totally filled <laughs> with spectators. Uh, cones and lines will absolutely screw somebody up. That's kind of what I figured. Rovo and Jaleen. Yeah, Rovo uh, is an older man with big jowly uh, chin and one of those uh huge old timey mustaches that actually like looks like it goes way down but shaved at the chin like clean shaven chin. mutton chops mutton chops giant giant mutton chops and he charges at kestrel all right friend action and with his first action or his second action he's gonna swing his fist at kestrel and get a 17 to hit Miss. He, he stumbles a bit because he he didn't really aim that well as he was coming at you there. And then he's going to swing for a second time at Kestrel. This time get an 18 to hit. Miss. 18 misses. All right. Then uh, this guy here, Drunken Warrior, number one, Rovo, his turn is over. It is now Jebediah, Jebediah Hickburn. Use an action to give Tiger two actions. Turtle, he's gonna run way up here with his two moves, and I will move 20 feet there. Okay, so you and Turtle are flanking the Along female. Along with me and Kestrel. Drunken, oh shit. Yeah. That's a double flank. That's a double flank maneuver right there from fucking Jeff. Jeff, that's a good, that's a good move. Man. And people are at our circus. I don't want them to think we just kill people. So I'm going to just... You, you can make a non-lethal strike with your weapon yep. at a minus two. Oh, is that how easy it is? Yep. I was yep. just going to punch him, but... So you'd be like what you have your war hammer right now? Yeah. So you'd I'll just use to... like the haft of it. I was going to say, you'd have to draw it because you probably didn't have it drawn. I'm going to punch him then. Okay, there we go. Just punch him, do just a regular melee attack. Right. Twelve. That's going to miss. Oh, flank. Oh, yeah, flat-footed. Oh, flat-footed. I don't know how easy these guys are to hit, but... 
Actually, that's enough. Because oh, 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 oh. they're, fl they're, they're flanking him, that'll do it. What's that untrained fist? Maneuver. 24? Or not even? Uh, 24. Yeah. Is it? Okay. It's it is now. Five damage. Five um, damage. And I'll be done. Alright, Jebediah kind of goes up and Turtle Turtle is stalking around the backside of Jaleen, the drunken female that's now at the base. Uh, the crowd's kind of backing up a little bit. Jeb just kind of goes in for a kidney shot and gets her right in the ribs. Were you uh, attacking her or the guy? I was going oh. for the dude, sorry. Oh, the dude, okay, yeah. Then then coming, coming from behind, now he's wary. And you end up giving him a shot right in the kidneys behind thud he grunts making this character i did not think i would be punching things <laughs> but you know sometimes things go different ways all right then is that is that all for jeb then that's it all right uh spencer i'm gonna give you a hero point thanks what have i done for caring about what the audience thought Ugh. and how you dealt with rowdy patrons uh, yes, in fact, dealing lethal damage to your patrons here would uh, reduce your excitement value. Heck yeah. So well done. All right, then after Jeb, it is Kestrel's turn. Well, contrary to Jeb making this character, I did expect to be punching things. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we'll spend uh, one action to activate a flurry of blows, which will allow me to make two attacks. Here we go. And we'll make them not lethal. So first attack's gonna be a nine. That's gonna miss. Second attack is gonna be a 14 with flanking. Looks like that's a hit. That would hit, yep. So we'll deal some damage here. Ugh, min damage, I deal in two non-lethal damage. Um, I will then use my third action, or excuse me, my second action to attack a third time. Okay. And I get a five, so that's gonna be a miss. With my third action, I will cast shield. All right. And I'm done. Then after Kestrel, it is Moonlight's turn. Okay. Uh, Mo Moonlight starts to kind of chant. And like all the like light around her just kind of like starts to dim a little bit. And she casts Daze on. I'm going to go with the, the female Jalen. And the save is, a, is she needs a 17. She rolls a 10. All right, so she fails. She takes four mental non-lethal damage. All right. Jolene takes that. Is Daze actually non-lethal? Yep. Nice. Daze is mental non-lethal damage. Is that a level one spell or a level zero, or a cantrip? It's a cantrip, isn't it? Cantrip. It's actually nice. my bloodline spell, too, so. Nice. I get a plus two against will saves for the next round. I'm not too worried about these guys casting will saves, but who knows? Uh, and then my third action, I will chant again and cast shield. Shield, all right. Another blue protective shield goes up around moonlight. All right, this time it's Jaleen's turn, a drunken female from the audience. She leans she leans down and picks up a rock from the ground with her first action with her second action she stumbles further towards the ring and with her third action then throws a rock at jeb jeb does a 16 hit you that'll be a miss 
uh, realizing that you can't just let this, you can't just dodge this rock and let it hit the audience. Oh, well, are we wearing armor? Am I wearing armor like during my like stage uh, performance? That's a good question. I'm gonna say I wasn't. So that I mean, actually, I would think maybe you would. I mean. I, got, I guess I got like tiger claws going in the back of my like, shoulders. Part of, part of your your like your outfit for the show. All right, that's Fair a good point. I just kind of wanted to hit me and not a fucking passerby. <laughs> you realize that you can't just let this rock hit into the audience. So uh, as she throws the rock at you, you actually catch it in one hand and just drop it to the side of you. Dang, and I'm she, good. Her, her <laughs> eyes widen in surprise, and she looks like angry and belligerent. Aye. Yeah, it's Savatri's turn. Savatri will use her first action to try to trip Robo with her whip. Get a 17 on my athletics check. And that's versus his reflex DC for a trip? I believe so. Let me double check. That is correct. And he will fail. Or you will succeed is more more accurate. You will succeed on your trip. Please tripped. So he is now prone. Very good. My second and third actions, I will use command and try to command Jolene. So what does command do? I haven't seen it yet. We'll find out right now because she failed the will save. So I yeah. shout out a command that's hard to ignore. You can command the target to approach you, run away, release what it's holding, drop prone, or stand in place. It can't delay or take any reactions until it has obeyed your command. The effect depends on the target's will save. And then the duration is until the end of your next turn. So you're telling her to run away? I'm going to tell her to drop prone. Drop prone. Got it. Okay. Then after Savatri, we're going to go back to the top of the order. And now it's the uh, drunken male brawler. And he kind of drunkenly stumbles to the south. He's which, prone. He's prone. Oh, tripped up. right. He stands up with his first action. And with his second action, he'll then stumble out of flanking off to the south. He's about just to take a five-foot step to go just to the south of Kestrel, but he ends up stumbling a little farther, and he takes he moves ten feet instead. And then he goes to swing once, but instead of swinging once, he's going to use his third action to, like, he looks like he's he's breathing really heavy, like, uh, 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 uh. he spent his third action to go into a rage. And it's Jebediah's turn. Jeb will move down here and attempt a punch again. 16 versus flat-footed. 16 will hit. 5 damage again. 5 damage, nice. And I'll give my last action to give Turtle here some moves. She'll attempt a grapple, which is just athletics, you say? Mm-hmm. Mm, only 12. Okay, 12 is not a success. Her grapple just, just tries to lay out. She's a small <laughs> cat, like I don't think... <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be my turn. All right. Then after Jebediah, it's Kestrel. You're up. All right. I will, uh, again, spend one action to do a flurry of blows. And we will attack the flanked Rovo. Attack number one. I get an 18 to hit. An 18 does hit. I will deal him. Jesus. Two non-lethal damage. I have rolled min damage on both of those. You have uh, attack number two with the flurry. That's a 19 to hit. That hits. I will deal. You have got to be kidding me. Another two wow. damage. Holy crap. That's every single damage roll so far. Has been a one. I'm I will... better at punching. <laughs> yeah, you are. 
I will use my second action to attack a third time. I get a 14 to hit, and he is flanked. Yeah, he's so, flanked, and he's raging. His AC is so that bad, bad right now. is another hit. So that's now three non-lethal damage I get to deal there. And I will spend my third action to cast shield again. All right, all right. I see Tesla threw you a bone there. What do you mean? <laughs> we get, get, let you get a two instead of just one. Oh, yeah, just a two instead of one. That is so ridiculous. That is <laughs> three ones in a row followed by a two. That's fantastic. All right, I'm done. That is my turn. All right, then after Kestrel, it is Moonlight. You're up. Moonlight will take a guarded step um, away from Rovo and towards Jolene. And then um, I'm assuming since we're out here now, there's no crowd members or anything like that out here like out on the, on the stage uh, be- but, between the ring and the bleachers no there's no crowd out there right specifically between me and Jolie. no yeah there's nobody there you're good you're good there okay so i will do that same thing where i start speaking a language that probably nobody and at least my group understands <laughs> um and then i release a Literally a spray of colors at Jolene. Ah, so color spray. I'm this will be color spray. All right, Jolene is going to roll a 15 to save on that. So that is a failure. So she will be blinded for one round. <laughs> so she's blinded for one round and dazzled for one minute. And uh, then that's all three actions. Okay, okay. After Moonlight, it is in fact now Jolene's turn first thing she does is she's going to lose her first action because she's stunned one from the color spray. She uses her second action to drop prone because she was commanded to do so by Savatri. She's going to use her third action to just get angry while laying on the ground. Uh, She's blind. She's dazzled. Uh, She's super confused. All right, Savatri, it's your turn. Savatri will take a step as her first action and then she's going to attack Robo with her whip and the whip is non-lethal so I got a 20 to hit for my hit against Robo uh, 20 absolutely will hit watch this massive damage world max damage 3 <laughs> out of d4 d4 minus 1 phenomenal uh, and then for my third action I will attack Jolene because I'm also flanking why not Oh, and, and and she's technically prone. Those those don't stack, right? Uh, no, because no. prone just makes you flat-footed. Sixteen to hit, another hit. Uh, that's a hit. Oh, almost max damage. Two damage, non-lethal. Two damage all right, all right. So uh, Savatri kind of steps over, so she's right in between the two drunkards and <laughs> cracks them both, and gets a slice right across their their cheek as like warnings. Get out of. Drunks. All right, now we're at the top of round three. It's Rovo's turn. And Rovo is going to take the tankard of ale that he had and move to to hit Kestrel over the head with it. Bring it. going to get a 14 to hit. Nah. He completely overshot that swing, and he's actually going to use his second action to stumble five feet to his to his left because he made such a wild swing at you. And then he's going to throw a fist at you this time for his third action. Ooh, nat 20 on the roll. Oy. Okay. All right. I think I'll use my shield block reaction on this. Ah, okay. 
Well, he rolls a four on the dice, which would be... Max. Uh, it would be nine instead of seven because he's raging right now. It's one additional damage, not two, so it's eight damage. Okay. It's a crit, though. 16 damage. Roll that die again. We don't do just double. Aw, oh, damn it. All right. I thought that was going to work, but it didn't. So there. six. Okay, so... Eight and six is 14, so 14 damage total. So I will use the uh, shield block reaction to block five of that. But ow, ow, I'm rolling ones, and he goes on and crits. <laughs> and now your shield is gone for 10 minutes. Yes, that is true, but I think it was worth it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, he, he stumbles after that first big swing, and then he... Argh! brings both of his hands up and kind of like a hammer swing, clasps his hands together and just clubs you across the face. Alright, then it is now Jebediah's turn. Um, we will continue to beat this guy senseless. <laughs> Move back over to get into flanking with him. 16 flat-footed. Absolutely, that hits. Punch Six damage. Alright, Jeb comes over and he's he's sick of messing with this guy. He's got he's to put an end to it. So he goes and he We've got punches. a circus to do. He punches <laughs> him right above the hips, right at the bottom of his spine. And the guy goes, eh! It falls to the ground. Get the clowns! Carry him out! Send the clowns in. Tell him to dispose of the body. <laughs> he's just knocked out. He's unconscious. He's just unconscious. All right, then, Jeb, that was first action to move, second action to swing. Do you do anything? Third action... action. Turtle will attempt another athletics. Going for grapple. Twelve will not grapple. The squeaming and squirming and angry Jaleen. The cat just starts walking around her. <laughs> <laughs> just stalking around her. Yeah. Getting sick of this drunk lady. Alright, then it's going to come over to Kestrel. Alright, Kestrel will move the ten feet to get up next to Jaleen uh, into flanking with Turtle and we'll uh, spend one action to activate Flurry of Blows and make a couple of attacks. So attack number one is going to be a 25 to hit. That's a critical hit. Which is a critical hit. Fantastic damage incoming. So that's 10 non-lethal damage to Jaleen. All right, that's a big hit. I will make my second attack. Now I got a crit. I'll make my second attack with Flurry of Blows. Second attack is only an eight to hit with even with flanking, I'm assuming is going to a miss. That will miss. And since I can't cast shield again, I might as well just spend my third action throwing another wild swing. See if I can get lucky. <laughs> Not with a two on the die. That's a one to hit. So nope. I am done. Alright. Kestro gets a good sock in. Right right under where her armpits are while she's on the ground. Uh, she just wants. kicking her while she's down. Exactly. Get out of my circus. Moonlight, you're up. Okay, we will I'll cast Daze on her again. Okay, so another will save from her. Another will save. She's going to get a 16. That will fail. Alrighty then. So take four damage. Which is being partially resisted, so I have to ask do they have resistance to like mental damage because they're stupid? Because they're drunk. They have resisted three mental because they're so drunk. Hilarious, and I love it. That is bullshit. (laughs) 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 And you don't have a variable on days either. It's just a fixed your casting stat. So you're just 
dealing I'm just one damage. gonna do one damage every time. Hey, it's better than none. And then I'll get a shield. Alright, boom. Okay, then after Moonlight, we're going over to Jaleen. It's on the ground and just getting beat, and she don't like it. So she's gonna use her first action to stand up. Uh, she's still not feeling like she can see 100%. She's having a hard time focusing. But she she sees Kestrel in front of her, and she swings wildly at him. Gets a 20 on the dice. Now, however, because <laughs> she is dazzled, that means that Kestrel is concealed to her. So she has to make a flat check of 5, which means she rolls a d20. 5 or higher succeeds. She rolled a 4 on the flat check, which means she misses. Fuck yeah! Go color spray. <laughs> Kestrel doesn't know that this just happened, but he is very appreciative. <laughs> of is that saved, been on you other just saved crit. your ass from a fucking crit. <laughs> that was that was really really good. Wow, that worked perfectly, didn't it? Fantastic. Then, for her second action, she shakes her head and blinks her eyes a bunch and rubs him a little bit. Hold on, could you imagine just like, you think you just got this perfect hit and it goes through like the second of the two of it's like, there's two of them there and <laughs> like, I'm definitely gonna, I'm gonna knock the shit out of the second one. Oh, wrong one. Yeah, just punch, punches the the blurred vision of... <laughs> oh, God, that is that great. And uh, there she's gonna swing again at Kestrel because that's maddening. Stupid agile monk. Does a 16 hit. It does not. Alright, 16's gonna miss, then that's gonna bring us over to Savatri. It's your turn. I will try to trip her with the whip first. Uh, 11. 11 will fail. Uh, then I'll take a regular swing with the whip. Uh, 19 to hit. 19 will hit. One damage. Non-lethal. Just a little and flick right in the back of the neck. Okay, I'll take a third swing. Rolling really well. Crazy is garbage. Uh, one. Yeah, you roll the four on the dice for the minus three. A one will not hit, of course. And then after Savatri, we're going to go over to Jebediah. It's your turn. Hey, I'm a short little dwarf, so that's two turns right there. Two strides to get all the way over to Jalene. Oh. But I'm not going to give Turtle an action. I'll just swing with the fist. Punching her. 24. Oh, That's a critical hit. Nice. 11. Oh, big, big hit. It was more like the people's elbow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have to apply that, right? Yeah, Jeb uh, kind of comes up and let's say she's still getting up from when she stood up last turn. And you just come up and you do, you people, people's elbow her just down right in the shoulder. And it takes her down, and her head hits the sand floor, and she is knocked unconscious. Then, real quick, I want to grab him and, and drag him out of here. <laughs> All right. So uh, now that the two drunkards have been uh, dispatched of, the crowd uh, responds pleasantly. They're not like cheering you necessarily for beating up a couple of drunkards, but they did absolutely start it. Um, no, no excitement gained, none lost either. I feel like that was like the best that was gonna happen there. <laughs> Absolutely, you're right. Yes. 
all of the grand finale acts are in their rings. Let's see, we, we have the Flamboni sisters, who have the uh, juggling batons that are on fire. Savatri, that does have the injury trait. Probably going to have to watch out for that one a little bit. Then we've got the Dwarven Throwers. And then what was the final one? Featherfall 5. The Featherfall 5. The Featherfall 5, that's right. Ted, didn't you say you wanted a certain one? Which one did you want? Yeah, the, got the Flambo- whatever's. The Flamboni Sisters? The Flamboni Sisters, yes. I called dibs on them. I want to do the sisters. Okay, yeah. I want. I want to do. I want to do the Featherfall Five because they're an acrobat like me. Right on. All right. Well, I will take the dwarven throwers then. Even though the dwarven throwers are my favorite act, I like them a lot. But we acrobats got to stick together. I just like the word flamboni. <laughs> All right. So then, out of the dwarven throwers, the flamboni sisters, and the Featherfall Five, who will be going first? Flambonis. Walking out, walking out, juggling some torches. Hell yeah. All right. So then uh, for the Flamboni sisters, they have two checks, deception, and they have a fortitude save. I don't know why the fortitude save is there. I think it's to like put themselves out when they get caught on fire, but getting caught on fire is part of the act. Okay. Uh, what's their modifier? Uh, it is plus seven to both deception and fortitude save. So yeah, their whole act is is that they're they're juggling. They're, they're actually very good at juggling, but they pretend to be very bad and light themselves on fire. Gotcha. And then they comedically put them out. Uh, 20 for the deception. Ah, so the first trick check is successful. One of the sisters is juggling the batons enthusiastically in the center ring, and the other one's kind of fussing with getting hers lit and accidentally lights the other one's cape on fire and puts her hand to her mouth and, oh, no... So now we're going to have to make the second trick check. Or okay, so second. with my pyrotechnic, we get double excitement for that. For that specifically? Well, it says trick checks with the fire trait generate double excitement. Nice. Okay. And cool, the, the, those guys have the fire trait. They do. Trait. So then that trick was a success, their first action, and it did generate double because Moonlight is helping make the fire more intense. Ted, do they take a second action? Do they have to? Mm-mm. Can you don't pass. have to, no. What are we at for excitement right now? We're at 12. We want 15. And so we two, need to get two more acts. three more out of the next two acts. So, I mean, I think passing is, gives us the best chance yeah. of that working. Yeah, because if I succeed it one more time, it's two more. Right. It's still technically fire. Yeah, I pass. I don't do anything else. Yeah, and you, do these guys have a trait that they could use to help someone else? Do other people, they're what, acrobatics? NPCs can't. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, yeah. Only, only PCs can do that. So then that would bring us over to the other act. Is that going to be the Featherfall Five or the Dwarven Throwers? Dwarven Throwers! Dwarven sure, Throwers. Let's do the Dwarven Throwers. All right, then the Dwarven Throwers, uh, they have the team trait and... They have acrobatics of 7 and an athletics of 10. Dwarven throwers, I guess they're going to... They're throwers. They're going to throw one of their one of their guys across the room and have the other guys catch him. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Do you have acrobatics on that or athletics? I'm thinking athletics, I mean, they're like, you know, picking them up, chucking a dwarf across the room. How many more do you need? How many more excitement to get to right on to 15? Three. So then go ahead and make your trick check. We get a natural 20 for a total of 30. 
That's a big one. Wow, okay. Uh, then re-look at what critical successes do. You get excitement plus Very an, additional, nice. an additional excitement equal to half your level rounded up. So that means you gained two excitement with that success. But you also increased the anticipation by one. What does that mean? So that means that anticipation went from 15 to 16, and he got two excitement from that check. We'll so never the Dorvin, be able to outperform our first performance. So the Dorvin throwers, they all quickly line up, climbing on top of each other, and one of them's like tunneling down in between some of them. He thought that there might have been like 10 or 15 or 10 or 11 of them when they came out, and now they look like there might be like 12 or four of them. It's hard to tell. Um, but suddenly they they stop and they're in this form of a crossbow a giant ballista and uh they launch one across the room and he tucks tightly into a ball and then spreads out swan and then tucks and rolls and lands right at the last second not splitting his head on the pavement the crowd goes wild I say we try another one with with these guys. These guys have a plus 10 to their athletics that's actually much higher than the other performers. Yeah, it really is. And I can do another athletics, right? Just it's a minus five. All right. So yeah, they will form up and like build a pyramid or something on one side and the guy will climb to the top and... (laughs) Then launch like a bowling ball and knock them all down. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, there we go. So we'll only get a 10 on that. All right, that um, is a failure. Not with the clowns. I say yes. I think we send in the clowns. Third action to send in the clowns. As the Dwarven throwers are all kind of like piling themselves up on the pyramid, uh, one of the guys in the middle is like loses his footing suddenly, and he starts wobbling. Um, but behind him, Peach Pie has a watermelon, and he just kind of like tosses it to himself a couple of times, and then lazily lobs it at the pyramid of dwarven throwers and just (laughs) pulls them all over but instead of falling (laughs) down in a heap they all curl into tight balls and land in uniform like grid perfect rows and columns and ha ha so that failure got turned into a success with the send of the clowns action so that is all three actions of the Dwarven Throwers. Now we are down to the Featherfall Five. David, uh, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Right before the Featherfall Five start, you actually see them. They're pulling the net away. And the crowd's reaction to that is, oh, my God. <gasps> There's all gasp. And they're all concerned. Oh my god, they're pulling the safety net away? Why would they do that? Aren't they gonna get hurt? There's a little child up there. You think that performing without the net throws the crowd so much that a successful trick would generate more than the standard and uh, excitement. So go ahead and somebody make the, tri- the trick check for athletics. Right. So yeah, they have a plus eight. Now I'm gonna go acrobatics, yo. They have a plus eight acrobatics and a plus six athletics according to that oh, picture at least sorry yeah absolutely do the uh, acrobatics alright here we go I get a 22 alright the high flying featherfall 5 are professional tightrope walkers and trapeze artists they elaborately weave 
jumps and transfers and loops with each other high in the air. But without the net, they don't want to go at it for too long. So after some really hair-raising moments while they're up there, they do eventually climb down safe and sound. And the crowd was so excited by the fact that they were able to make it out there safely. Their success resulted in three excitement instead of just... That's pretty good. So as the grand finale comes to a close, all of the performers who are inside of the rings hold their arms wide and they bow to the crowd. The rest of the performers, the clowns, everybody lines up near the the curtain and everybody goes for a curtain call bow together. And the crowd is giving a standing ovation. Congratulations, this was a successful show. Thank you for joining us here on the MinMaxed Podcast Season 2, The Extinction Curse. Check out our new website, www.minmaxed.com, for all sorts of information about the show and links to all of our different things, like our Discord, our Patreon, our Twitter. And we hope you join us next week as we continue the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Until then, may you have many great adventures of your own. It's your turn.